2: Fell
0: into the middle of that line and it's a touchdown big return for crowder 85 yards there was contact with a quarterback and it's incomplete they got pressure on prescott it was adams
1: who came blitzing in he'll hit immediately yes. when he got the handoff You know and it's <laughs> the qn <Q-inator. laughs> oh my gosh listen thank you
3: from the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason, you can follow me on Twitter at jet one and it's time for the weekend mailbag, lots of questions, and for that of course we welcome in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com, and of course above all that, a very big deal Mr. Chris Nimbley, so let's jump right into the mailbag. Question comes in from Abstract Analyst, he says, given your look at the roster post-draft, Is it clearly better than last year? What record would you project with this squad with Gase as the coach? What record would you project with somebody who is at least an average coach? And finally, for Chris, what versus battle would you want to see most? And I'm going to combine that with Michael Parsons, who asked what the Jets record would have been last year if they had this current incarnation of the roster. So let's start with the first part of this. It's really hard to tell because there are so many factors. We're not going to be able to see a lot of these guys participate in the offseason, so who knows who's going to emerge. I will say, though, that the Jets have a very, very tough schedule, and what Damian Woody said on Twitter resonated with me a lot. I think there's a good chance that this team could be better, even significantly better, and still have a worse record just because they're playing much tougher competition, and their road schedule Is way harder So I could see this team going 5-11, and and 6-10 Just as easily as anything else I think that people are going to be expecting the playoffs Because we're already hearing about playoff mandates I don't know that I would be expecting that I would like to see it But you got to be realistic Given that this roster still needs work And they're playing much tougher competition this year As far as what their record would be with a better coach Maybe they could get to like 8-8 or something like that with somebody other than Adam Gase. I don't know. I'd really have to sit down and look at this and figure out who we would be talking about. And as far as if we took this roster and gave it to the Jets last year, I don't know that they would have been all that much better just because there were so many crazy things that happened last year. And then, of course, if you throw in the variable of other teams improving this year... And throw that into the mix Obviously the Steelers are going to have much better quarterback play Than they did last year with Duck Hodges And Mason Rudolph Although according to Sam Monson from PFF Mason Rudolph is just as good as Sam Darnold So what's the difference anyway But I do think that it's kind of tough to say. Maybe they would have been 8-8 eight and eight last year with this roster. I'm not so sure. I don't think they would have made the playoffs with it. And as far as this year, it's so hard to tell just because of all the variables that we don't know about yet. And this is going to be a much tougher schedule. So, Chris, what do you think? What will the Jets' record look like this year? How do you think they'll perform? What do you think an average coach would do with this team? And how would you rate the Jets' chances last year with this current incarnation of the roster? Plus, of course, you have to answer that question about the versus battle.
2: Yeah, I won't let that one escape me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I agree with you and with Damian Woody. I I do think this roster is an an improvement over last year, and that's mostly because of the offensive line. And I I was a, a little harsh on Douglas with free agency about not upgrading it enough. But uh, getting Makai Beckton um, definitely helps uh, with in that area, and then uh, Cameron Clark. We'll see if he's able to contribute uh, this year. But that I really like the vision and what he's trying to do there. Um, and then at, adding Connor and McGovern, I think that um, alone is enough to be uh, a little bit uh, an upgrade. Now, obviously. Uh, people know how I feel about Robbie Anderson and letting him go. That would make a, a much bigger upgrade to the offense for me if, if he was still here. Um, but if they're able to go and get a Curtis Samuel, then, then we're, we're back in business here. Um, I think they, you know, the cornerback position, like I just said, has been upgraded greatly. Obviously they're going to have a bunch of injured players coming back with CJ Mosley. Uh, they didn't trade Avery Williamson right now, so he's still here. Um, Ashton Davis uh, coming on at, uh, to give them more depth at safety. So I do think that they have made improvements here. I, I think they will be a better team than they were last year, uh, especially assuming that Sam Darnold doesn't have to miss time with a, a mono-like disease again. I think that will help too. Because even going back, you take this roster into last year, are we still having Sam Darnold miss games for Mono? Because if that's the case, then I'm not upping the, the, the win total that much. I do think they probably could have gotten another uh, two wins with this offensive line, possibly. Um, but right now, I still – again, I've talked about this a lot, about how I don't believe in playoff mandates – And uh, Darnold getting mono is a perfect example of why there's just some things that are just out of your control that can't be predicted. Um, And again, that does not mean that I'm absolving Gase of criticism by saying there's no playoff mandate. It's just, you have to be able to factor that in. And then I still criticize Gase, even though I thought they had no chance of winning games. I didn't think he was doing enough to try to win the games. So, I'm not a believer in playoff mandates and with this schedule and with the travel uh, as it is now, we'll, we'll see. We look at what baseball is trying to do, trying to completely realign everything about it, get rid of national American league for this season, all this stuff. And they're trying to limit travel. So if the NFL does that, that would be a huge benefit for the jets if they do something like that. But with this travel, with this schedule, like, I winning seven games seems like it would seem uh, like a wild success to me right now. Seven to nine, eight and eight would be like a huge success story. Um, and I'm I am factoring Adam Gase as the coach there. Uh, if if you give me, uh, you know, an average coach that that could actually use Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell and the and to the best of their ability. I'd I'd probably be willing to to say like eight and eight and nine and seven sounds possible, but even nine and seven would even be a stretch. There, I would think you'd have to have like you know Sean Payton, uh, Bill Belichick uh, type of coach uh, leading this offense, Kyle Shanahan type offense uh, leading the offense there to really be talking playoffs with this roster. I just think there's still too many holes and the schedule and travel time is just going to be too tough there. Uh, as for the versus battle, I got the, and when they started, I was sitting here saying, just give me premier and Riza. Give me, give me premier and Riza. That's all I want. That's only one I'm going to pay attention to. I got that. Um, I was a little disappointed in, in Primo. Primo went, uh, he gave Rizza too much uh, room to work with. Try, I get what Premier was doing, trying to show his range and playing group home stuff and just to get a rep from Gangstar, but he could have buried Rizza if he really wanted to and he let him hang around. I am, right now, I, I, I'm looking at Dr. Dre and and Diddy that's being talked about and Dre is going to win that. But I I think it'll be closer than people think. That he has got so many hits, and I want to see that. That would be very, extremely entertaining. Another person I want to see, I want to see the Neptunes in this somewhere. I want to see them battling somebody. I'm not sure exactly how it would work with Pharrell working on his own, uh, away from Chad, including stuff he did solo or stuff he did with Chad. But uh, something, something really fun, I think, would be to watch the Neptunes and Timberland. Timbaland, uh, I think that'd be a better battle than Timbaland and Swiss Beats, so that's something that I think I would really, really like to see. Also, I want to throw Alchemist's name in this. Uh, Alchemist needs to be in one of these versus battles, because Alchemist has all types of heat, so uh, there's plenty of other battles I could see to go with. I think uh, the matchup would be uh, Diddy and and Dre. I think Diddy's the only one that could really hang with Dre. Timbaland and Neptunes would be great, and I, I need to think of somebody for Alchemist, but Alchemist needs to be in one of these battles He's got way too many tracks Next question
3: comes in from Michael Christopher He says which pick Did the two of you dislike the most I think we're both going to agree on that one Captain Morgan for sure And then going round by round For the picks that you didn't like Who would you have picked instead So here's how I would have gone about this Instead of picking Zuniga at 79 I would have picked Brian Edwards At number 68 I like Ashton Davis I'm fine with it The other route you could have gone was Matt Hennessy, if you like, but I do like the Ashton Davis picks, so I'm not going to pick on that. As far as the fourth-round picks, that is what I would have done very differently. I would have taken Bryce Hall with one of those picks, not thinking he would make it to the fifth. And then with the other one, instead of Captain Morgan... I would have taken Bradley Anai, the edge rusher, out of Utah, who ended up going at the end of the fifth round. So instead of taking Jabari Zaniga in third, I'm taking Edwards, and then I'm getting Anai later in the fourth to fill that edge rusher need. And then in the fifth round, since I took Bryce Hall in the fourth, I would have taken Eno Benjamin, the running back out of Arizona State, who I think is a better player than LaMichael P. Ryan anyway. So that's what I would have done. We'll see if that ends up being a better route or if Joe Douglas's route is better. Let's all hope Joe Douglas did this better than I just did. Chris, what do you think? I assume you agree with me that your least favorite pick was Captain Morgan, but which picks would you have redone and who would you have picked?
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's my least favorite pick. But Zaniga and uh, P. Ryan aren't far behind there. I would have done the same thing with you in the third. I would have, instead of Zaniga, I would have gone with Brian Edwards there. Um, and then with P. Ryan, instead of P. Ryan, I would have just gone with Anthony McFarland Jr., the running back out of Maryland. I would have gone there. I, I really, really like him. Instead of James Morgan, you could have just gone down a couple picks to what the Bills got uh, uh, Gabriel Davis, wide receiver there. Um, So, and you know, you're, uh, I could have gone with uh, Tyler Biedaz from Wisconsin there, uh, a center. uh, Anytime uh, a Wisconsin offensive lineman is available, I'm going to be willing to check it out there. Um, you know, I, I might have even preferred a DJ Dallas to Perrine. Uh, and then it, yeah, and then obviously the Bryce Hall pick in the fifth, I like, I, I like that there. It's, it's those, those three picks, the second, third round pick, uh, the, and the fourth round, uh, ones that I have the biggest problems with and, you know, could have gone with Reggie Robinson, uh, uh, cornerback out of Tulsa there, but, like I said, I would have gone Anthony McFarland there, probably uh, Gabriel Davis. Now, if I get went uh, Brian Edwards in the third, maybe I wouldn't have doubled up, uh, tripled up on the receiver there. Um, maybe I would have taken your guy, uh, that the edge guy there. But yeah, th- those are the names that I would have thrown out there.
1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Eric Sanchez. He says, which players could be acquired still via free agency or trades that could be made now that the draft is done that you think might be possible? Could they get Yannick Ngakwe or somebody of that magnitude? And has a player ever been newly drafted and then immediately traded? Not that I know of unless there was some sort of holdout type of situation. Nothing I can think of off the top of my head with that. As far as who they could get, I don't think they're getting anybody big. They're not trading for Yannick Ngakwe. They're not going to sign Clowney or somebody like that. We talked about Curtis Samuel. That could be a possibility. And then I think you're looking at players like Vinnie Curry or other guys that are going to get cut after June 1st.
2: Yeah, I mean, they absolutely could do Yannick Ngakwe, but they're not going to. Uh, Like, it's definitely uh, possible for them to get that done if they wanted to. But that's not something that they're going to do. They're not going to pay for him. They're not going to do that. So, um, obviously, Curtis Samuel, another name that we've seen a lot mentioned uh, that I know that they were looking into before the draft, Logan Ryan, the cornerback. It's still possible that they could bring him in. Maybe they're less inclined to now. That they have, uh, you know, that they got Quincy Wilson and that they drafted Bryce Hall. But, again, we're back at this quarterback situation. They they have a lot of possibles now. And it's, it's, it's like you're playing spades right now and you're like, I got two and a possible uh, or two and three possibles here. But, you know, if you can use uh, – if you can somehow work out a trade to get something that's more of a possible, so maybe they would still do that. Um, I, again – They're going to – Joe Douglas is going to continue to look at upgrading this roster, making tweaks to this roster. But uh, Curtis Samuel is about the biggest name that I could see them going for here. Uh, I just don't think – they're not spending the money on somebody like Yannick Ngakwe.
3: Next question comes in from our buddy Travis Milton, world-class chef and, of course, co-host – of There's always next year with Brian Bassett here on the Turn on the Jets digital network. He says, considering man is able and willing to handle kickoffs, what do you think the odds are that the team foregoes signing a kicker? Also, once everything comes down to a point of safety and restaurants are open, where's the first place you are going to go So let's start with the first part of that. I think they're signing a kicker. I think it's possible Man will handle kickoffs, but they're absolutely going to get a field goal kicker. The one thing that Man allows him to do in terms of kickoffs is maybe there's a kicker that doesn't have a huge leg, but he's really accurate, and you would worry about him on kickoffs. This gives you the flexibility to get somebody like that. But Man actually is an excellent kickoff guy. And then as far as where I want to go restaurant-wise, once everything is back to normal – Anybody that knows me knows the answer to this. It's Fudruckers.
2: Fudruckers?
3: Chris, I'm not rich like you. I'm not going for some fancy steak, buddy.
2: But Fud rockers Fud Chris, rockers. don't make oh. me
3: jump through this screen and slap you. I will. Don't test me. Fudruckers? You're getting Fud close. Rockers. You're getting very close, Chris. I'm going to jump through this screen. I'm going to strangle you. Keep it up. Fudruckers, though. <laughs> oh. Their buffalo right. burgers are absolutely outstanding. They have incredible soda selection and you get as much as you want. And they also have unlimited fries. So, argue with that.
2: All right, well, to to be fair to you, I haven't been in the Ruckers in at least 15 years. So,
3: You should I probably haven't... change that, Chris. I may have to take you there one day and you can experience the magic of the buffalo burger.
2: <laughs> all, right, all right, I'll <laughs> take your- right. Um yeah, with uh, as far as man, I mean he can't kick field goals, so they need to kind. Of, they need to sign a kicker. Mm-hmm. I do think we might be a you know, a couple years, five years, I, uh, somewhere down the line. I do think we're going to end up seeing somebody come in that can do that can handle punts, kickoffs, and kick field goals. I do think that day will come. Um, maybe it won't be. Every team has somebody that does that, but I do think we're not too far away from somebody uh, being able to do that. But Right now, they, they're still going to need a kicker because they, they're going to need someone to kick field goals. But like you said, this does uh, open up the possibility for them to find somebody who is more accurate and they don't have to worry about them as, a, as handling kickoff duties because man can do that. As far as where I'm going when things first open up is I'm staying on my couch. Um, <laughs> I, I'm staying on my couch for a long time after things open up. Um, I, I, I think that even even here in New Jersey where we're being a little more careful, I think we are going to be opening up too soon, and I am not ready to. Um, but, yeah, there, there's a bunch of restaurants that eventually I'll be getting to. That, but that's that's going to be my main thing right there, is, is going back to restaurants, getting somebody to cook me a nice a nice meal. Uh, I've been doing all these uh, meal prep things I've been getting from this place so and, and some delivery. It's going to be nice to go sit down in a restaurant and eat uh, this uh, place by me called Tiff's. Uh, House. It's pro- probably going to be where I go, but it's going to be a long time. After things open up, I'm going to stay on my couch for a while. I'm not going to be venturing out into the wild. And then I'll, also, I, I need to get back to this place that used to be an old favorite of mine by me. It's a place called Pub 199, where you can get like really insanely good, delicious lobster and crab legs for pretty cheap. So that those are going to be the two places that I'm going to. But again, it's not as soon as it opens up. I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting it out. But again, I'm I'm comfortable on my couch. I'm not itching to get out quite as much as everybody else.
3: I was just going to say, you would want to be on your couch regardless of what was going on outside. So it's kind of not really that much of a difference for you. Next question comes in from Peter J. Dillard. He says, gentlemen, offensive line question. Do either of you have an extensive evaluation on Jared Hilber as the undrafted free agent tackle out of Washington? No, I don't. Pretty sure Chris doesn't either. You may want to check with Connor Rogers on that one. Played left tackle when Trey Adams was hurt and right tackle the rest. I've read a little bit about him, but like I said, I don't really have a whole lot to offer. I'd love to see a player take Wally's old role, but actually be good. Yeah, tell me about it. Also, name your favorite offseason move so far. That's an easy one. Makai Becton. Chris?
2: Yeah, so... I, you, you nailed it. I, I don't have a lot to offer there. I will, I will look into him more in the next week or so, but yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot to offer there. I you go ahead and ask Connor Rogers. Um, yeah. I, I hear you about that. The, the quality thing. I completely understand and agree that that's exactly what you should be thinking there. Um Yeah. I mean, man, I, I want to try to go somewhere else than Beckton just because that was your answer, but you know how important the offensive line is to me. And also watching, a, the having the huge high ceiling and potential of Becton, that's going to be a lot of fun. I, I kept talking about my personal bias of me just uh, wanting to cover Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb, and I didn't get that. But to be able to watch and cover and see uh, how it all plays out with Makai Becton, that's going to be a lot of fun for me. Uh, if I could go Denzel Mims, especially because of how much I liked him, where they were able to get him, picking up the extra pick. The, I'll, I'll say Ashton Davis was the most pleasant surprise to me. Um, again, I, I had good feelings about him before the draft, but I didn't look heavily on it. It's not a position I was – Full, like really digging into Because I didn't think the Jets were necessarily going to go there But then after I, I I Was like huh okay I see The vision I like it and then I watched a lot more Tape and I, I just I really like the pick now I still probably would have gone A different way but I Really really like that pick now So that's my most pleasant surprise Is going to be Ashton Davis
3: Next question comes in from Randy Sherman he says with the Bryce Hall pick and the addition of Quincy Wilson, Bless Austin coming back. Is this enough for Joe Douglas to be finished a corner in free agency? Still some interesting names out there. Logan Ryan, Drake Kirkpatrick, and Darquez Denard. I think if the price is right, maybe with one of those guys, but I don't see them making an investment in somebody like Logan Ryan. I think the Quincy Wilson trade in the Bryce Hall selection gave them a pretty good group to choose from for that second cornerback. Like I said, I wouldn't think that it's out of the question if one of those guys gets to a certain point where his asking price is so cheap that it's sort of a what-the-heck sort of situation. But I don't think they're going to be in a rush to sign any of those guys.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's definitely enough uh, for now. Obviously, they could still uh, use upgrades for sure, you know. uh <laughs> Tredavious White, Steven Gilmore, Jalen Ramsey, any of those guys, yeah, that'd be huge. They're not going to be available. The guys you just mentioned though, like I could, I could see them adding one of them, especially once they can get guys in the building and then take a look at Bryce Hall. Maybe his injuries, um, you know, uh, situation. He won't be able to play. Then maybe they look to bring some, one of these guys in. Darquez Denard is somebody I loved coming out of college. He did not live up to that, but he's still solid uh Drake patrick is definitely better than what they had last year same with logan ryan so those are all possible names to keep an eye on and monitor going forward but and then it's not like i expect them to be huge upgrades on what they got it would just be another name to throw into the competition and this is one of those situations we've talked about with uh you know offensive line over the years uh depth is depth man and when you if you're not set if you don't have studs at the position then try to get as much depth as possible you got injuries and doesn't matter you got seven guys that are all like pretty close to equal then you you, you figure out who plays best give them the reps but if they struggle you can slide somebody else in they get injured you can slide somebody else in it's i mean it's like you're playing a uh uh building a team on madden and you got a bunch of 78s. Like uh, all your cornerbacks are like, you know, seven, uh, 78s probably a little high for these guys, even, but they're all 75s. Uh, that's better than having uh, a bunch of guys in the 60s like they did last year. So it's an improvement there. I could see them possibly adding uh, one of those three guys at some point, depending on how, uh, you know, everything shakes out. But I think that they'll probably roll with what they got for the time being and then uh, we'll see when things open up training camp and what the situation is at that point. Uh, I would think Logan Ryan's probably at the top of that list of those guys that they'd consider, but I don't think that uh, you'll necessarily see them be making a quick move to get them in as quick as possible.
3: And with that, we'll wrap up Part 1 of the Weekend Mailbag. We'll be back with Part 2 tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure that you follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could do that for us, we'd be really grateful. It's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money, but it helps us out a lot. So if you could do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com